Engage for Success Radio, raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to show number 320 from Engage for Success. Uh, I'm Joe Moffat. I'm a host for today's show. And um, very glad to welcome today Deborah Corey. And she and I are going to be spending the next half hour talking about the subject of recognition. Uh, what organizations can do to get recognition right. Uh, so uh, welcome to the show, Deborah. Thank you very much, Joe. It's a great topic to be talking about, so I look forward to our conversation. Absolutely, yes, so do I. So I'm sure, as, as usual with these shows, we, we find that half an hour kind of flies by and we never have quite <laughs> enough time. Um, but um, it's good to have, have you with us. And um, as far as our listeners are concerned, uh, thank you for joining Engage for Success. Um, we, we are a social movement. We are a not-for-profit movement. And we are all about shining a light on best practice, uh, trying to understand and uncover evidence and share case studies and research around the topic of employee engagement and what organizations and their leadership teams, their line managers, and in fact, we as individuals can do to help make our workplaces better places to be um, because as uh, as we have demonstrated over and over, an engaged workforce really does deliver on a whole raft of KPIs. So today, uh, as I say, we're going to be focusing on a particular aspect of that, really, which is about recognition, and we'll, we'll go into that in a little bit more detail in a moment. But first of all, Deborah, can we kick off by asking you to just tell us a little bit about yourself? What's your what's your role now, and and also what's your what's your professional background been over the years? Yeah, so um. I think Charles Handy calls them second and third curves. So I'm in my third curve of my career. I started right. out as a uh, as a um, HR practitioner in the U.S. and then mm-hmm. my second curve, I moved over here and started doing it globally and internationally at um, some some well-known large organizations such as Gap and Honeywell, Merlin Entertainment, and Reward Gateway. And then I've just mm-hmm. entered my third curve, which is um, I call myself Chief Pay It Forward Officer. Right. I love I really, I'm going to ask you I know. to explain that in a little bit more detail. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if anyone else has that title, but for me, it's all about taking everything that I've learned right and wrong throughout my mm-hmm. career and um, helping others either through writing. I've written two books. My third book's coming out in, a, in another month. Um, right. Speaking, consulting, uh-huh. anything I can do to really pay it forward and, and help others very much in line with what you and your great organization are doing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, lovely. I mean, I love I love this concept of, uh, of of chief pay it forward officer. I think it's uh, it's great. And you were just mentioning the idea of, of of everything you've learnt, good and bad. And I think you know, I think it's interesting. We do we do a lot of the organisation that I I work with, um, which is my day job as opposed to my volunteer role with Engage for Success. Um, we help organisations with their internal culture. And one of the things that um, is it's a very much a recurring theme is this desire get organizations to recognize that actually it's all, it's okay to make mistakes um yes. and that you know you you can and should allow people to not fear that and learn from them so um yep. you know i think the more you can learn from them in fact the more it, we could almost say couldn't we the more mistakes we make the better we are <laughs> yes and you know what and that's why i i laugh and i say that i'm a very experienced mistaker so or um i Someone once called them learning moments, and he said that he bans the word mistakes from his vocabulary. And I actually think that's a really good way of looking at it, 
Um, my first book I wrote on communications is basically jam-packed of everything that I had done wrong in my career so that, right. again, people could learn from, you know, maybe you don't want to do these things, uh, yeah. but, you know, looking at it in a constructive way. Absolutely. I like that. So we, we have banned the use of the word mistakes, but that every mistake, we'll don't try. say it, is, is a learning moment. And, and yes, that's absolutely yes. right. Um, yeah. it, it, I think it depends how quickly you learn from them, doesn't it, really? And the ability to recover the situation and the how you deal with that situation is, is enormously important, isn't it, really? But, um, okay, yeah. so so you've kind of worked on on the, the practitioner side of the fence for, for a lot of all, global organisations, as you say, both in the U, US and and based in the UK on a, on a global stage. So tell me... Before we get into recognition specifically, have there been any particular themes? I mean, obviously, recognition is going to be one of the themes that you've identified along the way as being really key. But I guess there must be a few others that, that sort of have stuck with you throughout. Yeah, and um, interesting, my second book that I wrote was on engagement in general. And to mm -hmm. your point, all of the different things and themes and tips and to tools that we have in our toolbox to uh, engage with our workforce. And I think that what I've learned over the years is, and this will be no surprise to you and anyone listening, is that there is no one size fits all. So, you know, although I've mm. probably worked for 10 organizations throughout my career, um, yes, I've got learnings that I can take from one to the other, but it's really important to, when I join an organization, spend time listening, learning, mm -hmm. asking mm -hmm. questions, and really mm -hmm. trying to understand what's going to work before I jump in with all my ideas that I just really want to start, you know, implementing. Yes, yeah. And then they always need nuancing, don't they? I mean, they never, yeah. not only is there no one size fits all, but it's all about actually we need to start this at a slightly different place because this isn't ready. They're not ready for this yet or they've, they're way ahead of where that might be. Let's, let's adapt it and adjust it accordingly. So it's a, yeah. that, that calls for a degree of flexibility, doesn't it, really, and an agility of mind, really. Exactly. And um, in, the, in my last book, we talked about rebels. And um, I always say that rebels come in different sizes and shapes because I had one person write to me and say, you know, you talk about rebels, but then this one company, all they did was have an ice cream van come to their, their building as a, as a benefit for employees. And it's like, mm -hmm. but you know what? that was the right thing for them at that point in time. And it, it drove what they needed to. And I think that, you know, to your point, you have to have that mindset of being open and being flexible and, and doing what's right. But, you know, that's why people like you and I love what we do because I, I love the challenge of it and never a dull moment. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, and over the years, the, the organizations you've worked for, have you seen a change in the, in the, in the, of 20 or so years that you've been doing this have you seen a increased willingness to embrace this idea of actually engaging our people matters and that it is important to think of our people uh at, you know put our put our people at the heart of our organization in terms of our planning and our thinking and our processes have you have you seen a positive move or do you think there are still pockets of big resistance along the way Absolutely. I've, I've been privileged to work for organizations where um, the leadership teams have been supportive. Um, mm -hmm. That being said, I have worked for organizations or with organizations where they still have that struggle and that challenge, but it's mm -hmm. trying to figure out that light bulb moment. So what is it that's going to turn the light bulb on for, for the leaders and have them see that actually engagement is something we all need to do. I think there's a, a 
Harvard Business Review report that said something like 70 or 75% of leaders understand that employee engagement is a key area and key driver of their business, which is very exciting. However, mm. the percentage drops significantly when they, re- when they say whether or not they believe engagement is actually working effectively. So yes, we have a much louder uh, voice and we've got a seat around the table, which uh, for anyone who's been around as long as me, I really appreciate that because we did not have that before at all. No, 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 absolutely. And I think that's an interesting point, that, that point that, yes, they, they understand the importance of an engaged workforce. They're less sure that it's working. And I think, you know, I think that's because, I'd be interested in your take on this, I think that's because people assume that it's just an easy thing to do. And yeah. whilst there are, there are approaches and thoughts and, and, and models and, and so on and so forth, actually, it's not as easy as people think. Um, it's about doing a lot of things right, but it's also about sustaining them. And that can be, I think, the biggest challenge of all. What do Absolutely. you think on that? Yeah, I think two things. First of all, yes, it's, your journey is never finished. So just when you come up with one great recognition program or whatever it is, you need to continually change it, enhance it. But also, you know, as we all know, engagement is not just one person's responsibility. So one of the things I've loved doing in my new role is doing workshops with managers. And the first number I share with them is the statistic that says that there's a 70% variance in engagement scores based on the pattern. Making them realize that actually we can't do it alone in HR. Your role mm-hmm. is probably more important in maintaining engagement than my role is feeding you the information. You need to do something with these programs to make it work. So yeah, yes. it's a it's a constant challenge. But again, you know, sort of like when we talked about mistakes being learning open moments, I see engagement as a great opportunity for everyone to to really get involved and and have a great time. Yes, absolutely. And and you know, to that point you've just made it. I've if organisations will say, you know, we've got we've employed an employee engagement manager. Um, you know, we've got a <laughs> we have a head of in, head of engagement. Like it's in some yeah, respects, sorted. Right. <laughs> Yeah, it's worrying because it's like, oh, so it's their job. They, you know, yeah. they've got to do it. Well, actually, no. Their job is to inspire and engage you lot to realize that everyone's got to, to do the right thing. Um, yeah. So, yeah. And, and, and one of the things that I always say when I talk to managers is that often I think that the biggest challenge is that we don't let managers know that it is their responsibility. So, you know, it's all well and good for us to point fingers and say, well, it's up to you, but what are we doing to, first of all, let them know it? And then what are we doing to support them? And I think that's really where in HR, where we can really add the most value is is supporting them as much as we can and inspiring and giving them the tools and, you know, being alongside them strategically to make it happen. Mm, mm, absolutely. No, that that's absolutely key. All right, then. So let's let's get to the topic in hand, which okay. is which is recognition. And I I was chatting. Um, I was actually chatting to a friend of mine yesterday afternoon who's had a a very long business career in uh, in a in a in a kind of heavy industry sector, fairly grimy uh, uh, engineering based sector. And I was saying I was doing a radio show this evening, and uh, they asked what 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 did on today, and I. I said what the topic was, and it was about recognition. And um, they they said, ah, so now in our business, recognition is all about money in the bank at the end of the month, and recognition equates to how much we pay people. Um, is that what you're going to be talking about? And I said, I don't think it is somehow, <laughs> but I will I will let you 
uh, set the scene, Deborah? No, and I agree with you completely. I personally do not think it's about the money at all. To me, recognition is that um, how you fe- how it makes you feel, um, and it, it you shouldn't be motivated by money. If anyone else has read Daniel Pink's book, Drive, it's yeah. definitely not about the money. Or if you want to watch the most amazing video, it's called The Monkey and the Cucumber, and it talks about it's, – it's fabulous. It's just like about a minute, and it shows what can happen when you use the wrong motivation tools. So I'm a big fan of it being more of the non-financial and celebrating mm-hmm. the moments and learning from the moments. And, and I think money actually can cause more problems uh, if, you, yeah. if you do too much from the financial side. Okay, so tell me about the I, – I certainly I'm sure that our listeners will be familiar with Daniel Pink and Drive, yes. and there is a fabulous – little animation that the RSA did and one of the RSA animates where they did an animation of that, of the basic essence of that drive philosophy, uh, you know, autonomy, mastery and purpose and so on. But I'm fascinated by the monkey and the cucumber. What, <laughs> yes, is, that, is, that, is that easily findable on YouTube? Yes. So you just Google monkey and the cucumber and basically I won't ruin it, but it shows what happens when two monkeys are rewarded with cucumbers and then all of a sudden they get a grape. So okay, all right. Google I it and I'll, watch. Yes, I'm going to take you up on this afterwards, Deborah. <laughs> that sounds it sounds intriguing. So okay, all right. So recognition then is uh, is is not it's not really financial. It's about how it makes you feel. Uh, and now that's that's really interesting to me. This idea of feel because my my again my my background and my day job is all around brand and using brand inside organizations because we engage with brands on a very emotional level and that's what drives behavior so emotional engagement is about how you feel rather than you know the rational engagement of what's going on inside your head so that's um i'm certainly with you on on the whole feel thing so how how do you why do you think that is so important well, again, just from another book that I've read, which is from Greg Letterman, which talks, it's called Crave, and it talks about how as human beings, we crave recognition, um, mm-hmm. sort of the same way you crave chocolate, you know how dopamine's released from chocolate, and it makes you feel good. Same yeah. thing with recognition, dopamine, serotonin, oxytocin are all released. And it, mm-hmm. it, we physically as human beings crave this feeling. And, you know, all you have to do is think about a moment when how great you felt you know you stand a little bit taller you walk a little faster you do things a little bit better that's Mm -hmm. what I really like to replicate when it comes to recognition I like to replicate that feeling of wow that person really valued what I did and wow you know what I did a great job Mm -hmm. and I don't and I think you know sometimes giving somebody um, a financial award or I like experiential also, I think is good. Mm. So don't get me wrong. I think there's times to do it, but the real motivation is trying to get, as you use that behavioral feeling and getting those, those chemicals released to make that person feel great about the experience. Mm. That to me Mm. is what's going to make a big difference in organizations. And how can organizations get that right so that it's, appears genuine I suppose that it, it doesn't look like you know managers line managers have been given a kind of uh target that you must say thank you six times every day <laughs> uh, you know, you know how, how do they how can you actually 
encourage a, a, a culture or, a, or a, a, you know, an environment where that can happen in a natural way, because I think we can all see through when it isn't, can't we? Yeah, and it, it's interesting. I, I knew that we only had 30 minutes, so I've got lots of different ways to explain it, but I, probably my simplest way to explain it is through, um, I call them the four musts, and each mm-hmm. of the letters stand for things. And the okay. M stands for meaning, meaningful, which is exactly what you were just talking about. It, it has to be something that truly has a meaning. And I'll give you an example. My um, daughter a couple of years ago was in school, and at the end of the year, everybody um, was recognized for, you know, like best person in one sport, smartest person mm-hmm. in this. And at the end, it was like my daughter was the only one who hadn't gotten anything. And they gave her this meaningless award, which was kindest student. Now, I'm not saying she's not kind. But it actually had no meaning. So I I think you need to start with having meaningful recognition for the business. So I'm a Mm -hmm. huge fan of value-based recognition. In fact, my next book Mm -hmm. is on values. So Mm -hmm. have it something meaningful that's going to drive your business. But Mm -hmm. then have it given for the right reasons and the right way and in the right messages. So, yeah, Mm -hmm. I'm glad you mentioned Mm -hmm. that. You must have known that. That's the M in my (laughs) Okay, and then and then what's the what's the second uh, letter then? <laughs> Let's go through the acronym because I love a good acronym. Well, it helps you remember. Oh, I mean, it, mnemonic. It? Sorry, no, a good mnemonic, isn't it? It's not yes. an acronym. It's yes. a mnemonic. So the the U stands for uniform, and what I mean mm-hmm. by that is to let everyone get everybody involved. So if I think about the old days of recognition, it all came from managers. So it was very much top down. And I think it's still yeah. great for, for managers to recognize. But what I like to think about is capturing as many recognition moments as possible. And mm-hmm. it's never going to happen if you only have managers doing it. So getting more people involved is going to have more recognition moments. Um, mm-hmm. And the great thing about that is, again, it's good for the employee. But also, I don't know about you, but I love recognizing people as much, probably more than being recognized myself. So it really gets everybody involved. And so, um, they, so you're talking here about sort of peer-to-peer recognition then? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Across teams, a- anywhere mm-hmm. and everywhere, every single direction, um, because I think it also improves relationships between colleagues and such. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it's interesting, you just mentioned across teams. And of course, recognition doesn't necessarily have to be about you, Deborah, or me, Joe. Um, it, it could be the Deborah team or the Joe team or whatever it might be, couldn't it? Exactly. And at my last company, uh, we had something called Leadership Amazing Awards, and mm-hmm. it was for um, teams or individuals who did amazing things. And my award that I gave was to an entire country. There were 25 people, I think, on the team in this one country. And I awarded uh-huh. all of them for doing an amazing thing. They raised money for um for charity and did a fantastic job. And sometimes I'm glad you raised that. I think team recognition can be even more powerful because it, you know, really bonds everyone together. Mm, mm, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. And uh, right. So we've, what, what's the S for then? <laughs> we're, we're up to S. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So S, S interesting. S stands for spotlight. And when you were doing your introduction, you were talking about shining the light on engagement And when I think of spotlight, it's shining the light on recognition. So again, if I think about how we used to do recognition before, it was, it was very much between the manager and the employee and nobody else would see it. Mm -hmm. And what can be so we're a social world these days, everybody loves getting involved in social. 
Um, so it creates a different experience by sharing it socially. More people can get involved with it. Also, it it's highlights the good things that are people that people are doing, so people can learn mm. from it. So you know, Joe, mm. if you did this amazing job at this meeting, and I recognize you. All of a sudden, everyone else in the company is going to see it, and they're going to yes. think, "Wow, I hadn't thought of doing it that way." So again, yeah. I think the spotlight's very important. Really, really important, isn't it? And and of course. Um, more and more organizations are investing in uh, internal sort of social media, uh, social networks, social communication and collaboration networks, which very often have the facility to like and comment and yeah. and share that recognition and, and amplify the great practice that people are doing and the good work that people are doing. And as you say, um, something that somebody in, I don't know, the North, John O'Groats might not have known what was happening in Land's End and vice versa. And yeah. now they now they can and now they do and they can think, oh, actually, you know, we could yeah. try that. That's a, that's a great idea. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. So that's about using the communication it's about yeah. it's about amplification really isn't it um and uh and expanding the good work and getting more people to pick it up and do it so okay and what and what is the t for then so t is timely so um uh-huh. i think on your uh on your invite for the radio show it, it shares the statistic that 78 percent of people say they don't feel recognized um mm-hmm. and if you flip if you flip those numbers around um 87 percent is how much money is being spent on long service awards, which is not timely. So I'm on this mission. I have nothing against celebrating long service and people's contributions. I think it's fantastic to do that, but mm-hmm. we're never going to change that 78% of people not feeling recognized if we don't start spending what money we have, or not just money, what time we have into recognizing people in the moment. So if you, mm. if you see someone in the moment doing something, don't mm-hmm. wait every five years or, you know, if all you have is an annual program or a quarterly program, do something mm-hmm. that's more timely so that, pe- you know, the world is moving too quickly. They're going to forget mm. what happens if you wait too long. So that's what the sure. key is all about. Okay. And, and, and you know, adding to that point, I mean, given that um, I, I was reading the other day that um, the new generation, the sort of, Gen, generation Z, the the young 17, 18, 19 year olds My who children. are in the workplace, <laughs> you know, they're likely to have three totally different careers during their working mm. life. If they have to wait to earn a long mm. service award before they get any kind of recognition, they're going to have a heck <laughs> of a long time to wait, aren't they really? And, you know, yeah. people don't, don't work for organizations forever necessarily. So, um, you know, I think you, you're right. We need to make it more immediate and, and it has to be close to the action, doesn't it, to have any meaning at all? It does. You know, if I think back when my kids were young, they always say that you need to um, let them know right away because they will, they will forget. They'll move on to something else. And mm-hmm. if, you really, if you really want a recognition moment to be a learning moment, then mm-hmm. it does have to be close to the, uh, to the action. I remember my, my co-author, Glenn Elliott, of my last book, he always tells the story of how he was recognized at his previous company and he didn't get the award for a year. And when he got it, he couldn't even remember what he had done. Well, I can imagine. I mean, that's so, that rings so true, doesn't it? I mean, you think about annual performance appraisals. You know, you yeah. sort of quickly scribbling a few things down the night before your meeting. And you've no idea what you remembered from 12 months yeah. previously. Neither likely has your boss. Um, yeah. You know, it's all, a bit, it's all a bit daft, isn't it, really? So, um, yeah, it's interesting. I think... Um, 
I want to ask you about something on, on, on this topic, which is just a, an aside as you've been talking, but one of the things we've found works really, really well um, is to provide leadership teams or even line managers actually um, with pre-printed cards, not cards that mm -hmm. are actually got anything written in them, but they mm -hmm. literally just have a small supply on their desk and when they see something great or they hear about something great, they write a handwritten note and send it to whoever is being recognized. Now, I know that doesn't necessarily play to the whole you know, sustainability thing, but as long as it's recycled paper, I think we're okay. But it's personal, isn't it? Um, yeah, and, and we know that people respond really, really well to that. Definitely. And I mean, I'm personally, I'm a huge fan of technology because I think that you can do it in the moment through things like e-cards, but mm. nothing so I, personally, I like a little bit of everything. Every once yes. in a while, if I get a handwritten card, it does something different than an e-card. One of my um, favorite stories in my new book is from Charles Charit. And what they do is they have e-cards, but then each of their leaders has their own individual card with their own individual like uh, favorite recognition phrase. Mm -hmm. And getting one oh, of those nice. from a member of the leadership team is just so much more impactful, sort of like you know your comment about a handwritten note. Whatever yes. you can do to, to add that personal touch in your own way goes a really, really long way. Oh, absolutely. Who was that? Who was that? Was that who, who did you say that was? What company? It, Charles Turret. Oh, the, the shirt. The, the, the shirt, shirt yes. Oh, yes. yeah. Now, they're really good at doing a lot of things very well. I, I was at a conference last year, and somebody from there was talking about how they tapped into employee voice, which is clearly a key, one of the four enablers that we talk about a lot at Engage for Success, how they tapped into employee voice to help shape and then implement a whole new approach in terms of um, the process for customer returns and how it had just made a significant difference to the success of the of the whole approach. So I think they're they're pretty clued up outfit, aren't they actually? Absolutely. A shout out to uh to Chris and Sarah on the team. Both both of them are wonderful at uh driving engagement there. Ah, right. Well, you know them well then. I, I was uh, <laughs> I was in the audience, so but I was really impressed with what what was being said. So, okay, yeah. um, we've only got a, we've only got about three or four minutes left, um, Deborah. So, um, that I like that. I like the four the four elements of must, and that's a really useful that's a really useful uh, mnemonic to remember, isn't it? And I like the approach you're talking about of a little bit of everything, and that comes right back to your theme from your career that there's no one size fits all, and um, you've, you've got to have a balance, you've got to have a mix, and you've got to recognize that individuals respond in different ways to different things, don't they? Absolutely. I mean, even, you know, I talked about putting people under the spotlight, but not everybody wants to be under the spotlight. So I think it's really important mm. to understand your people and understand mm -hmm. what motivates them, what's going to drive them, what will work best for them. Mm -hmm. um, and the nice thing about flexibility is, is to some extent they can do it themselves. One of my other favorite stories is at my previous company, we had one of those recognition programs where you could store up points. So you could rec yes. you know, get recognized from one person and get a couple of points. And one of the guys I worked with, he said that he, he saved up his points and um, bought a pair of shoes so that every time he walked around, he thought of all the lovely people who had recognized and appreciated him. And it was just such a, yeah, I could just picture <laughs> him walking around smiling. So that's what's Absolutely. good about flexibility also. 
Absolutely. That I put that puts a whole new meaning on the phrase "walking in your shoes," doesn't it? Really. <laughs> I never thought of it that way before. You are right. You're so right. <laughs> Excellent. Oh, that's great. So lovely. Um. Yeah. Okay. So in the very short time we've got remaining, um, what is there? If if people have listened to this and they've been inspired to try and do something different and they've recognised from what sort of key learnings you've identified. Uh, where they perhaps are doing things slightly off compared to perhaps what you're suggesting. Is there a particular key thing you'd like people to try and take away from this conversation, Deborah? I think if you're not doing recognition, just do it. And every time I do a talk on recognition, I challenge people and I say, leave the room and do Mm -hmm. something about it. Even if it's when you leave, go buy a stack of um, postcards or a stack of post-its and create a post-it wall in your office. But do do something, you know, the fact that eight out of 10 people don't feel recognized, we have a problem. So find out in your organization what's working, excuse me, Mm -hmm. what's not working and Mm -hmm. try some different things. Talk to your employees. My employees helped me so much designing my recognition program at our last company. So um, bring them into it. Uh, But have a bit of fun with it, too. Recognition should be fun and it should be impactful. Right. Okay. Um, excellent. And and I think it comes back to the point of, of learning from it. Try try yeah. different things. Don't don't expect to get it necessarily get it right first time, but have a go. See what yeah. works. Get feedback. Find out what people have liked and what they haven't. And um, and then that in itself actually mm-hmm. pays dividends, doesn't it? Simply um, asking and being seen to be trying to do something different is a is a is a kind of key thing. So. Okay, yeah. lovely. And um, we've got 20 seconds. You can plug your third book if you like, Deborah. <laughs> when, is, when is it coming out and what's it called? It's called Bringing Your Values Out to Play. And mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I'll look very excited about that. But I wanted to throw in one more quick statistic. If anybody has a problem getting recognition approved, and one statistic is that 79% of people said they work harder if they were recognized. So if you're CFO is giving you a hard time about it, tell them that it will definitely impact the bottom line. You've got a, you've got a real, real um, concrete argument to play. Okay, that's been exactly. great. Thank you so much, Deborah, for that. It's been really interesting. Um, hopefully it's inspired a few people to do things differently. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And uh, it just remains for me to say good night. So thank you and goodbye. Engage for Success Radio. Raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.